0: Howdy, you're listening to the Texas A&M RUF Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the talk. Thanks, y'all. I appreciate that. Um, and sad story, my aggarean actually got stolen the same same week my femur got broken, steam, but then also the same week that I fell in love with my wife, so I think I came out on top, so... Just thought I'd share that real quick. Um, really great to be with y'all tonight. Um, as as we said, I'm, I'm the International Campus Minister and back at William, he's been one of my best friends here in Aguiland since we both got here together in 2018. He's been a huge source of encouragement to me and I'm really sad he's gonna go. So please love on William well while we still got him. Um, so my, I've been married to my wife, Crystal, for over 10 years now. I have two beautiful, amazing girls, Brighton and Blair. They're uh, Brighton is three, and Blair is one, so there's no shortage of fun in our house lately. Um, and yeah, I'm here to inter- uh, minister to international students, of which we have about 5,000 here at Texas a University. They're studying alongside you in your classes. And they're coming from places in our world that are, uh, we call it, least reach, which means there's very few Christians and there's very few churches in those areas. And these people who are coming here, they are gonna actually be the next world leaders or the next you know culture shapers in their countries that they're coming from. And you know, RUF our International, our, our goal, our heart is to welcome these students here, to you know get to know them, get to love on them, and to really put the hope of Christ before them, both through our gospel words and our gospel deeds. And so I'd love for you all to come and be a part of any of the activities we do. We do a couple different Bible studies throughout the week. We do several you know, hospitality events throughout the year. So please know you're always welcome to come to anything we do. And if you're interested, please just come find me afterwards. I'd love to tell you more. Uh, so tonight, as William said, we're, we're taking maybe just a quick hiatus from the Psalms of the Saints, and we're going to be looking at uh, God's heart for the nations from the Psalms tonight. And maybe if you've, I don't know what your experience has been with missions growing up in the church or not, not going to church at all. You know, missions is one of those words that either really, really excites people or makes you feel terribly awkward and scared. Um, and for me growing up, I had a very awkward relationship with missions. Uh, it was, I remember one um, summer I was, you know, middle school, go to a church camp. And you know, one night we're separating, separating up you know, guys and girls. And so the guys are going to our small group, and we're, like, telling yo mama jokes and trying to light our farts on fire or something like that. And then all of a sudden, that leader kind of springs it on us is like, hey, how are you guys sharing your faith with your friends? And we're all just kind of like, like, deer caught in the headlights, like, oh, no, like, he's asking that question now, you know, kind of thing. And so, like, you know, there are a few people in our group, and they're, like, you know, awkwardly trying to tell, like, oh, yeah, you know, I have this bread, I'm trying to... Tell them about jesus but in my head you know i was a super introverted super shy you know i'd like to spend hours in my room just like drawing pictures by myself i was like no that's not for me like that's that's not something i'm going to do with my life uh, maybe god can give me some other skill that i can use for his kingdom ironically god has a huge sense of humor because now it's my job to tell people about jesus uh, but i'm really glad he, he called me to this work um, and you know really it was He pursued me in college in such a way that really I just fell in love with Jesus. And one of the first things that got put in front of me was an opportunity to go to China and get to tell uh, students there in China about Jesus. And that's really set me on a trajectory to be in this role today and to be able to welcome and minister to international students who are coming here. So we're going to be looking at a psalm tonight that's very near and dear to my heart and really uh, I feel like traces this big theme throughout the scripture, which is you know, God blesses his people. God blesses the church so that they will be a blessing to those around them and they will be a blessing to the nations. And that runs from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. You know, God you know, brings us into his kingdom, you know, gives us, unites us to his son Jesus, gives us joy um, in knowing him and that joy is meant to be shared with others. And so I hope you'll see that from this psalm tonight. Let's go ahead and read it real quick and then we'll um, kind of expand what this means for us in our lives and for God's mission in this world. So Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the people praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with equity. And you guide the nations on the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Would you pray again with me? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. We thank you that in it you reveal yourself to us. That you show us who you are, what you are like. You show us your love for us in Christ, and then you call us to come and participate in your work of redeeming all things. And so, Father, we pray that your word would sink deep into our hearts tonight. We pray that by your spirit you would help us to understand it and that you would help us also to live it out in front of our neighbors, in front of our friends, in front of those who are coming from nations all around the world. So, Father, thank you um, that you have given us your word and just pray that you would bless it in the preaching of it tonight. In Christ's name. Amen. Well, so, if you're, you know, as we were reading this psalm, maybe you had a familiar benediction come to mind. You know, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Um, that's a very common benediction. You'll hear if you've been in a PCA Church or any liturgical church, you know, a common one that we say at the end of almost every worship service. Um, and it's, it's a pronouncement of God's blessing for his people for all time. It was a reminder to Israel, particularly in the Old Testament, that God was committed to them, that he loved them, and that he actually wanted to give them the very best thing, which was himself. And so you see um, you know, this language of God's grace for his people, God's blessing, but then also the language of God's face, which is really God's presence. You you know, when you, When you have someone's face, you have their attention, you have their affection. And so God gives all these things to his people but then our psalm tonight you know, takes this um, very common benediction and blessing and then gives it a new twist, you know, second line of the psalm, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. And so right from the very get-go, this psalm recognizes that when God gives us his grace, his, his face and his blessing, these things are not meant to just land on us and to stay there. They're actually to be extended outward. They're to be received with joy and then given away. And so God, you know, he blesses his people in such a way he gives them the joy of knowing him and knowing his redemption. And that that joy might also be shared with those around them. And that's, again, a theme that starts very early on in the Bible. You know, last semester, y'all were looking at the first, I think, 12 chapters of Genesis. And at Genesis 12, you know, God calls Abraham away from his family, away from his people and says, come, follow me and I will make you make your name great, I will give you a great um, nation, or make a great nation out of you, and that I will bless you so that in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is God's, you know, basically his plan of redemption is that he chooses a people for himself, he blesses them, he redeems them, he saves them from their sin, and then he sends them outward to proclaim this message of salvation to those around them. And so we see um, from, again, verse 4 particularly, that, you know, I'd say the kind of the crux of the passage, you know, God works among his people so that the nations would be glad, so the nations would sing for joy, and um, they would know the God who, you know, is just, who is good, who is beautiful, and that these nations would also worship that same God that Israel worship. So the nations are to delight themselves in God, and again, how are they to do that? They're to do that through his, his people. They're supposed to see God through his people you know the nation of israel was supposed to be this light on a hill this, this shining beacon they were supposed to see how just god was how how good god was how caring god was and ultimately they were supposed to see that the idols and the gods they worship they were nothing compared to the god of israel and again tracing the biblical story line you know we get all the way to the book of kings and in first kings 10 you kind of get this picture that israel's finally doing what they have been called to do you know, the kingdom is set up, God has put his king on the throne, the king Solomon is there, he builds the temple for God and God's glory is being shown among the nations. And you know, if the Bible had ended there, that actually would have been a really good place. You see the, the queen of Sheba coming to Solomon, you know, receiving wisdom from him. The nations are being blessed as a result of God's blessing on his people. But, if you continue reading, you see the train wreck that happens afterwards. You know, Solomon, you know, fails to worship God. He He gives in to the idol worship of his many, many wives. And he forgets God. And when the king of Israel forgets God, the whole nation usually forgets God. And you see just kind of this spiral in the kings, in the chronicles, to where eventually God in his judgment carries Israel away into exile because they no longer worshiped him or known him or enjoyed him as they were supposed to. And the nations around them, instead of giving God's blessing to them, They actually become like them and join them in idol worship. And so Israel and the nations, you know, they basically, you know, sorry, we get to the Old Testament. We're kind of like, how does God fix this mess? And what we we see is that Israel and the nations had the same problem. And that was the the slavery to sin, that they needed new hearts. They needed to be redeemed from their old ways. And so Israel was in need of redemption before she could bring God's blessing to the nations. Unfortunately, when we get to the end of or to the beginning of the New Testament, we see that God acts uh, on Israel's behalf. That God does not leave Israel in this this state of distress and um, idol worship, but He intervenes and He sends His own Son to be Israel's King, to you know stand in Israel's place, to bring the redemption that Israel and the nations needed. And so we see Jesus by His death and by His resurrection, He brings God's blessing. To God's people. You know, we see at the cross that, you know, God turned his face away from Jesus. He, you know, Jesus bore the wrath of God's, um, uh, the wrath of God against our sin on himself. And he did so, so that we now would have God's smile, so that we would now have God's face once again. You know, we see God's grace, you know, again, in, in Jesus' death and resurrection, that God takes away our sin, takes away our shame, gives us his honor, His righteousness through the finished work of Christ. And finally, we see God's blessing that God, you know, by the resurrection of Christ has, you know, promised us that a new day is coming where death, sin, tears, pain will no longer be a reality. So God truly blesses his people in Christ. And we see that, you know, in the the book of Acts following that you know, the results of this go global immediately. You know, Acts 2, you know, God gives his spirit to his people and the apostles begin declaring, you know, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in languages to all the people that were gathered there in Jerusalem. And, you know, particularly on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost was this celebration of the harvest. It was a place where um, God's people would celebrate, you know, God blessing them and giving them the first fruits of the harvest. And so this psalm would be often recited during the, the the feast of pentecost but then we see on the day of pentecost from the book of acts that jesus was bringing in a new harvest that he was bringing in a harvest of god's people from among the nations so that now the church both jew and gentile alike would continue god's work of bringing god's blessing to all nations so the joy we receive in christ is the joy that we give to the world and the church continues to sing this psalm psalm 67 the day because we now know God's the fullness of God's blessing in Christ. And we now share that blessing with the nations around us. And so I don't know about you, but anytime I really enjoy something, usually it's food. I really want to share that food with other people. Because when I do, I get more joy, actually, from seeing their reaction, seeing them enjoy this thing. You know, I've been doing a big, like, test experiment on my intern, Harrison. Harrison came here to Texas a and it would eat mostly plain foods, nothing too exciting, kind of a meat and potatoes kind of guy, which nothing wrong with that. But I was like, Harrison, I'm about to blow up your world. So we started entering around, you know, going around Bryan College Station, eating all the best ethnic food restaurants we could find. There are several good ones here. If you ever want recommendations, I'd love to tell you about that. But my joy in these places and in this food was been only increased to see Harrison walk away from the meal, go, bro. That was just so good. Um, So, you know, as you think about, like, the thing you enjoy most, you know, it's so easy for us to talk about that with our friends. And why isn't it that same way with Jesus? You know, why isn't it often that, you know, when we think about what we have received in Christ, that we just share that so freely with uh, our friends and those around us? Um, You know, I think the best evangelism is actually done, the best missions is done, when we fully comprehend what we have from Christ, that we, you know, out of joy, actually get to share that with others. You know, evangelism, rather than being some obligation or duty or some four-point track that you feel obligated to share with friends, it should be something natural, like that I have the very best thing and I want others to know that. And that God gives that to us in Christ. He gives us the very best thing. We we lack nothing. You know, we were singing that in the song, you know, if. If all I need is you, take everything. Take everything else from my life. Because Jesus is the very best thing. And so, this psalm really challenges us to think about that. That Jesus is the joy of our lives. I and mean, Jesus is the joy that we get to share with others. But if, if that sounds hard to you, you're in good company. Because that sounds hard to me too. You know, I think about um, just all the different things in my life that I could be worshiping. You know, I think about myself when I was a college shooting When I got here... You know, the thing I wanted probably most was a girlfriend. The thing I wanted most was the you know, reputation before my peers. You know, grades weren't all that important to me at the time. I really just wanted relationships. I really just wanted to know that I belonged. And it took me a long time to see that actually what Jesus gives me is that belonging that I long for so desperately. Uh, and he gives it to me in better ways. And it often means sometimes you're foregoing certain relationships in my life, but in the end... It's going to be this beautiful place of I get to be with my brothers and sisters, with Christ, enjoying him for all eternity. And that's never going to end. That's never going to get boring or sad or, you know, um, it's never going to be worn out at all. And so, you know, in America, there's lots of things that we can worship. There's, you know, we think about our comforts, our control, our achievements. You know, we think about politics or wealth way too much. We're tempted so many ways to worship things other than Jesus. And so the psalm really challenges us. again. What is it in our lives that we'd be holding on to that is taking Jesus' place? Um, you know, maybe think about this this week. You know, what is it that you think you could not live without? And once you kind of feel like you've identified that thing, you know, begin taking that t- to, to Jesus, saying, like, I know I have this desire for this good thing, but I tend to put all my hopes and dreams on it. Lord Jesus, would you show me how you're better than this thing? And would you help me to live for you? And to trust that you give something better to me. And then I think this is a process that goes on our entire lives, right? Not just now, not just in college, but till we meet Jesus face to face. We're always learning to let go of those things that we put in his place. Secondly, I think the psalm teaches us that the blessings of Christ, again, were never meant to rest on us. Um, God is always meant to extend his blessings that he um, gives to his people to those around them as well. You know, and I think one of the foundational shifts for me in seminary was seeing, again, that the gospel is so much more than just me and my personal salvation. It definitely is that. It's definitely that Jesus has saved you from your sin and has made you his own. But he doesn't do that just to stop there. He does that so that you would be a blessing to others, so that you would be able to extend his grace to others. He wants you to be involved in his work of redemption. And that's the very best thing you can be a part of. Even as you're going out from this place, you know you're here to study a lot of different things, and maybe even some of y'all are thinking about ministry later. But wherever you go and whatever you're doing, you are actually called to be a part of God's big story of extending His grace and His redemption to all nations. And so, like that's that's where your life has value. That's where your life has meaning. God saves you so that you might be a blessing to others. And so maybe as you're going again out this week. Maybe begin thinking like, of creative ways you can begin promoting the, your faith to others, the people in your life that you know need to hear this good news, that Jesus has come to save us from our sin. Um, you know it, it begins, I think, for really carving out space in our lives for people that don't know Jesus, right? Like, it's very easy for us to surround ourselves with people who are just like us and with Christian friends. And I think we have to be very intentional with thinking there. There's non-Christian classmates and friends around me that need to know this good news. So how can I begin making space for them? How can I begin opening up my home? How can I begin inviting them into my life and the things that I'm already doing so that they might know this good news? And lastly, um, and kind of you know, building on that second point, you know, the others that we extend blessing God's blessing to include all the peoples of the earth. And when the Bible speaks of nations, it's speaking more than just, you know, geographical boundary lines. You know, there's Christians and there's churches in almost every nation of our world, but what the Bible really has in mind is people. You know, it's the Greek word, ethne. God desires that every ethne would actually be before his throne, worshiping him for all eternity. And so God is redeeming his image in humanity, and that includes all our diversity, people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And we have the great promise that that, that will be fulfilled in, in new creation in eternity. You know, Revelation 7 9, you know shows us a picture of all the redeemed worshiping before God's throne. And again, it includes men and women from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so, you know, who is the gospel for? It's we're all people. And we know, again, that maybe not all people will um, ultimately receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, hell is a real thing. But the kinds of people who will be in heaven, it includes all kinds of people, all the people that Jesus our God has made. And so, you know, when we think about who is the gospel for, it's, it's for your neighbor, it's for those around you, and it's for all nations. And so, um, you know, begin thinking about how can you be involved in this work? How can you begin um, participating in God's work of taking the gospel to all nations? You know, one of the things I always like to tell people is, you know, just get out of map, like, get a map of the world, put it on your wall, like begin just familiarizing yourself with where the nations of the world are and what the countries are called. You know, it, it, it almost seems like a given, but it's something I think that gets so often overlooked. There's great resources like um, the Joshua Projects or, um, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's a very big book that creates a new volume every year. But basically it has a list of all the nations and it gives you a list of all the people groups that are in those nations. And which ones have Christians in churches, which ones don't, and even ways to begin praying for them. I think that's an excellent resource. I'll find me afterwards. I'll, I'll try to find the name for you if you're interested in getting a hold of that. Um, you know, there's opportunities you know, to go mission, go on a mission trip. You know, I know we're finally coming out of COVID. We're finally out of this place, or mostly out of this place where we can begin traveling abroad again and and visiting other places in the world so maybe think about a mission trip think about going with mtw or another group that was going to um, a nation that is least reached and begin thinking about how you can bring the good news of the uh, the gospel there or come even work with me we have people from all nations here at texas a m over 120 nations represented and we've got a great diversity in our group i'd love for you to come and participate and just making a friendship with international student here and helping them and welcoming them into your life. Um, And again, above all, just pray that God would would show you how you are gifted and how you've been blessed in Christ to take that blessing to all nations. Psalm 67 shows us that God's gift to the nation is is his church, is his people. And when we, as God's people, delight in him uh, and all that he has given us in Christ, the nations will sing for joy. So may God make us a people that are blessed in Christ to bring his blessing to all people. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you um, that you are concerned for all the people of this world, Lord, people that you have made in your image. And you, um, you in your grace, in your, your will, in your redemption, you've chosen your people to be a blessing to the people around them, to the nations around them. So, Father, help us this week just to, again, take hold of all that you've done for us in Christ. Help us to remember how you have saved us, that we um, might also learn how that we are a blessing to others. So, Father, um, we thank you that you uh, You love us and you give us your grace in Christ. And we thank you that you also welcome us to come and be a part of your grand plan of redemption. We all just now in Christ's name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Texas A&M RUF podcast. If y'all are interested in joining us for a future worship night, we would absolutely love to see y'all at All Face Chapel uh, on the north side of campus, across from Sabisa at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go ahead and follow at AggieRUF on Instagram for updates about any other events that we might be putting on throughout the semester. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening, and we hope to see y'all around sometime.